Uh, we're kicking off a new series today, and my friend and fellow elder, Mr. Tyler Redden, will be getting us started. So if you would please welcome Tyler to the pulpit this morning, I'd appreciate it. Morning, friends. Hi, guys. Good morning, friends. There we go. How are you doing today? Uh, yeah, welcome to our series entitled Carols. Um, I just I want to ask you a question before we go in. How important is music during the holiday season? Actually, let me, let me ask it a different way because I really want to get to the heart of something. How early is too early for Christmas music? And we're, we're just going to be honest with ourselves. I think we're all pretty safe with day after Thanksgiving. I think all of us can agree. Okay, good, good. We have unity there. Um, how about 1st of November? Anybody started listening 1st of November? 1st of October? Did anybody start listening when you dropped your kids off to school? This one's going to take some bravery. How many people listen to it all year round? What? Wow. All right. So this one, this one's going to get really embarrassing. How many people know what Whamageddon is? <laughs> okay. Some of you have been playing Whamageddon and you, do, you didn't even know that you were playing. Whamageddon is a game that starts December 1st and it goes on to December 24th and you just live your life as you normally would. And if you hear the song Last Christmas by Wham, you're out. But see, here's what you didn't know. If you hear the song Last Christmas by Wham, December 1st, December 24th, you have to go on social media and post hashtag Whamageddon. So I'm, I thought about playing it this morning just to relieve some pressure in the room. But for those of you that take it seriously, Jeff Wald, uh, I'm, I'm not going to ruin it for you. So, yeah, so today uh, we're going to kick off a series called Carols. And the idea is what we're going to do for the next four weeks is we're going to look into some of these Christmas carols that we've sang for years. And so today what we're going to start off with is we're going to start off with a favorite called Oh Holy Night. And rather than just me talk about it, I want us to experience something. So the worship team has volunteered. They're going to actually sing Oh Holy Night for us.
That's awesome. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you. Let me, uh, let me get, thanks, fellas, appreciate that. Let me give you a little bit of context on, on the song that you just sang. So that song was actually written in the mid-1800s. You believe that? Uh, the story goes that there was, there was a priest, and uh, he, he had this thing that he wanted to do, and he knew of a guy in his town, and this guy was like a, a French merchant. And he, he went to this guy, and this guy was a merchant, and he was also a great poet, and he said, this is what I want you to do. I, I would like it if you wrote a poem to the text of Luke chapter 2. And this guy's name was Placide Capot, is the, the poet's name. Well, here's something that's interesting, is Placide, he was not a Christian. Um, his biography is, is pretty interesting. Placide was, um, one article state, a little bit of a hell raiser. He was, he was very far from God, didn't go to church at all, not into that whole scene, but he was a really good poet. So Placide, he, he said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to write this poem. He does it, but then Placide knows a guy that was a really good musician. And he said, I just wrote this poem. This priest asked me to write this poem. I just did this, but now would you set it to music? And his friend, if Placide was a hellraiser, um, his friend was even more so. so. So none of these guys were, were with God. None of them had any faith, but they, they wrote this thing. So um, I believe the guy's name was Andre that, that actually wrote the music. This song became wildly popular. It started to run all throughout the Catholic Church. Everybody started playing it. Well, then uh, a few years later, they started to look into the backstory of Placide and this other guy, and they said, no, we, we got to shut this down. We can't sing Oh Holy Night anymore. we got to shut this down. Sorry, too late. Cat's out of the bag. And so it, it became the song we know. Well, now, here's another interesting thing. Uh, in 1906, so years later, there was another fella, and his name is Reginald Fessenden. Very. Uh, he was a looking fella. If you don't know who Reginald Fessenden in is, is uh, he was a guy, he was a 33-year-old Canadian professor, and he did what, he, what a lot of people thought was impossible. He took this makeshift generator that he built, and he hooked a microphone to it, and he created the first AM radio. And so, as the story goes, Christmas Eve, 1906, uh, uh, this fella, Reginald, took a microphone. He read Luke chapter 2. He got out his violin, the, the same song that Andre wrote 100 years earlier, and he played O Holy Night. So if you learn nothing else today, the first song that was ever played across AM radio in the world was O Holy Night. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. You know, as I was, I was reflecting on this song, and I was thinking that what would it have been like to be there on the oh holy night that it's talking about? I mean, we, we see, like today, we see all these scenes of like the, the manger scene and the nativity, and as meaningful as those can be, I, I actually think it does a little bit of disservice to what was actually happening, because if you think about it, I mean, just let's imagine us on the O Holy Night. There's this likely teenage girl 
pregnant, nine months pregnant, and she's got her fiancé in tow. And as the story goes, they're on the back of a donkey traveling what was 80 to 120 miles. So I'm going to just appeal to the, to, the, to the moms in the room for a second. Can you imagine nine months pregnant, you've got your fiancé in tow on the back of a donkey riding to Great Falls, Montana? That's the situation that we find ourselves in. And in this, in this song, there's a phrase that I want to zero in on because as we go through this series, you're going to notice what we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking out different phrases and they might seem a little odd to you, but um, I believe my goal this morning is I want us to think about these phrases every time we sing this song. And so the phrase I want to look at today, the song says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. If there's two words that I would say can accurately describe our world today. Now, I, I would just propose to you that those two words are weary world. Because if, if you're having a great day and the sun is shining, that's fantastic. That's great. More power to you. But there's some other days when that's not the case, right? When it does feel like a weary world. And you think about this world has, we've, we've got a lot of stuff that we have to think about, right? I mean, I just started making a really depressing list in my notes and it was like anxiety, economy, relationships, careers, you know, activities, struggles. I mean, it, I think depending on the day, it, it might feel like we're just struggling to hold our head above water, right? And I think a lot of us can relate to that phrase, weary world. But what I love about this song is it doesn't stop there. That would be the most depressing Christmas carol ever if it stopped there. The thrill of hope, because... In the chaos of this holy night, what's happening all those years ago, in the chaos, there's this thrill of hope that maybe, if for those of the, for those of the folks that were putting their faith in God back then, for centuries they had hoped that one day their Messiah would be born because they were thinking on that day, everything's changing. The game is completely changing. World is changing. And that is the thrill of hope. You guys... I, I want to pray for you this morning that if, if there is any weary world in you this morning, that this morning that you would just experience a thrill of hope, honestly, because I'm praying for you that inside your, your weary world, you're going to find this faith to rejoice. Why? Because I'm, I'm convinced that even in, in the chaos of night, there's a new and glorious morning, and, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about this idea of a new and glorious morning. So, what I want to do is I want to take us back to the Old Testament. There's this book that um, a lot of folks just skip through in their, in their reading plan, and it's called the Book of Lamentations. And the, the context of Lamentations, it's about 586 BC, Jerusalem fell, the people are distraught, as you can imagine, and there's this prophet named Jeremiah, and he was lamenting Lamentations. He was lamenting. He was hurting along with everybody. He wasn't, he wasn't doing well. And he just, he just pours out his heart in this book because he's full of hurt. But in chapter 3, I want to show you this because we're going to see a switch. We're going to see him move from mourning to this moment of faith. And it happens in three verses that you usually just skip right past it. But I, I love this. So we're going to start in uh, chapter 3, verse 20. Jeremiah says, I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. You guys, I love this because... Um, whether you're an expressive person or not, I, 
I just love this because so many times in our, in our world, in our culture, we just skip past bad feelings. We just bury them. We put our head in the sand. We ignore them. We, there's not a lot of self-awareness. But I love even back then that Jeremiah is saying, you know what? I am not doing well right now. My soul is downcast within me. And I just love the realization. But he doesn't stay there. He doesn't stay there. In verse 21, he goes on to the, he says this. He says, yet... I call this to mind. So he says, you guys, I'm really not doing well. I'm really not doing well. My soul is downcast. Yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. I'm going to call this to mind. I know it's there. It's not in the front of my mind. Uh, I'm going to place it at the front of my mind. There's this, there's this scene I, I think about way too much. I don't know why I think about this so much. But there's this scene um, in The Lion King. And um, so Simba has just, he's, you know, Sorry, I'm just going to spoil the movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, Simba has just watched his father die. Simba thinks that he killed his father, and he runs away from his family. And so he's in this dark place. that he, He's totally alone. And, and this guide comes and says, I, I want to show you something. And so he leads Simba to this, to this water, and he says, remember. Remember who you are. And he touches the, the water, and his reflection turns into a, a vision of his father. And then he gets to talk to his father, and he says, remember who I am, and remember who you are, Simba. You come from the line of kings. Remember who you are. And ooh, I love that so much, because so many times, you guys, we just stop at the moment where we think we killed our father, and we run. And I love what Jeremiah is saying Gospel according to the Lion King. I love it. Uh, he's saying, no, I'm going to call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. So what does he have hope in? Verse 22, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never failed us. He says about God's mercies, God's compassion, they're what? In verse 23, they're new every morning. They are new every morning. And so now, you guys, in, in, you just watch this. In three verses, he went from, I'm not doing well. I'm looking at everything around me. I'm not doing well. My soul is downcast. Wait a second. I'm going to remember something. I'm going to remember something. And so he's talking about God, and now he's going to talk to God. And he says this. He says, great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will wait for him. He goes on further to say, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You guys, that happened just super quick, didn't it? And so it leads me to believe when we sing, Oh, Holy Night, and when we we think about that night and we think about our lives, it is just amazing what one day with Christ can bring. And this morning, I want to show you three truths that can hopefully bring you a thrill of hope for your life this morning. So number one, A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. Now, notice I didn't say exactly what you want. Because as we know, those two things can sometimes be very different. Lamentations 3.24, we already read it. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. I already said this, but sometimes, you guys, sometimes we just have to take responsibility for our own faith and our own attitude, and our own perspective. And sometimes we just have to say, okay, my soul is downcast within me, but I'm not staying there. 
Sometimes you just got to be the best preacher in the world because you're not getting it from here, right? Sometimes you just got to say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will what? Wait for him. What does that mean? I mean, as I thought about this, the Lord is my portion. Because that's kind of a, a churchy thing to say. And I thought, I think, I, and a lot of scholars would agree this way as well, that back in, this, in the book of Exodus, there's a story when the Israelites are heading out, and they're wandering the desert. Well, they start to get hungry because they don't have any food. Well, I'm just going to paraphrase what happens. God gives them their food. God literally provides manna every day. But he said, here's the rule. You can't store it up. You can't hoard it. And because they tried, because we're people, that's what we do. Um, they tried to store it and it ended up rotting. And so I wonder back then if he was trying to teach us something. Because if we skip ahead to the New Testament, remember Jesus, what he said when he was teaching us how to pray? He says, give us today our daily bread. It doesn't say give us the bread for the week. It said, give us today our daily bread. What that means is you don't have to worry about your tomorrow. God is already there in your tomorrow. And so think about that, what, what that means for you just right now. Like if, if you have a relationship that's struggling and you're worrying about tomorrow, God is there in your tomorrow already. If you are weak today and you're thinking, how am I going to make it to tomorrow? God is there tomorrow. He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. If, if, if you are down and depressed today, God is waiting for you tomorrow. That is what he does. A, a new day with Christ brings you what you need. And sometimes, you guys, we just have to remind ourselves of that. Sometimes we just have to speak to ourselves. So number two, a new day with Christ brings us the hope to keep going. A new day with Christ brings us the hope to keep going. It's this belief that as, as dark as night is, there's morning coming. That's, that's the thrill of hope. Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Somebody said this, and I, I tried to find this, who said it, and I couldn't find it, so we're just going to call it anonymous. Um, they said, we as people can live 40 days or so without food. We can live eight days or so without water. We can live four minutes without oxygen, but we can only live a few seconds without hope. And I believe there's, there's so many people that are, are trying to survive in this hope-deprived life, and, and they're struggling because they're putting their hope in different places. Um, I mean, you think about this, like stock market, it's not really a dependable place. Your company, not really a dependable place. I mean, even let's just say this, another person, not really a dependable place. And what happens is we put all of our hope in those things, and then we wind up hope deprived because something in those things go, goes wrong. And then we end up with this perspective like, is there anything good in the world? We become a weary world. And I love what Hebrews 10, 23 says. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. So what that means, here's a spoiler alert for your life. Sorry, you got two spoilers today. You're going to get some swerves in your life. That's what that means. If you, if the author of Hebrews is saying, hold unswervingly, 
logic says you're going to get some swerves. The question is, what's at stake in our swerves? The answer is our hope. When your life is swerving back and forth, what's at stake is your hope. So I love that picture, just that picture of of holding on for your life. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of the hope that you profess and don't let go. Don't let go because he is faithful. But I'm going to contradict myself. Speaking of not letting go, there are some things that we do need to let go of. One of these I talked about last time I was up, but the biggest one is fear. We need to let go of fear, anxiety, stress, worry, panic. All those things choke out the hope that God is trying to provide. And I would say to you, hold on to the promises that God has given you. Hold on to the hope that you profess. I'm, I'm actually going to stay here for a second because I, I think there's somebody that needs to hear this. I would ask you, don't let go of the hope. Don't surrender. Don't cash it in. Don't quit on this life. I understand that it, it may be dark where you're at. You might be sitting in the middle of night and you literally can't see the, the hand in front of your face. It might be really dark. I want to ask you, don't let go because I am here to tell you it is amazing what a new day with Christ will bring. And I'm here to tell you that morning is coming. Morning is coming. Don't quit. Don't quit on that hope. It is a weary world, yes. But in the weariness, there is a thrill of hope and you will rejoice. I promise you that. Number three, a new day with Christ brings us the help that you're seeking. Lamentations 20, uh, chapter 3, verse 26 says, it's good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I'm always amazed, and, and I, I don't want to move past this too quickly, but it's so amazing what a, what a difference one day with Christ can make because I, I think about my story and the way that I was before Christ. And I think about, like, I know some stories in the room here, and I know your stories that it's, you were different before Christ. And I mean, even if those stories aren't enough, which they are more than enough, the New Testament is full of stories of one day with Christ. One day with Christ stories. I think about like John chapter 11. Remember our friend Lazarus? If you don't know the story, Lazarus had been dead for four days. And actually some folks were worried about him. They asked Jesus, they said, hey, would would you come see Lazarus? Would you come heal him? And Jesus says, nah, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here. So then Jesus gets on the scene. Lazarus has been dead for four days. Um, In the King James Version, King James says it really well because it says, he stinketh. You know you smell really bad when you are forever recorded as he stinketh. So everybody's given up hope because the guy's been dead for four years. Jesus arrives on the scene, looks into the grave, and says one of the most famous lines in all of Scripture. He says, Lazarus, come out. Guy that's been dead four days walks out of his grave. Now, this isn't in the Bible, but I'm guessing that if you were to ask Lazarus, maybe we can one day, is it amazing the difference one day with Christ can make? I'm going to guess Lazarus is going to say it's amazing one day with Christ will make. We think about uh, Luke chapter 8. There's the story of a, of a woman suffering with an issue of blood, and she's been suffering with this for 12 years 
You guys, where were you on, in 2011? That's 12 years ago. That's a long time. And she's been suffering with this every day for 12 years. Every day thinking, is this the day that I'm going to be healed? Is this the day that it's going to end? Well, one day Jesus is walking down the street and this woman has the faith to go up and she grabs the garment of Jesus. That's all she does, healed. Just like that. Not in the Bible, but I'm going to guess she's going to say, it's amazing the difference one day with Christ can make, right? And maybe one of my favorite stories is in John chapter 5. There's the story of, a, of this man that's been paralyzed at the pool in Bethsaida. And I really, I, I tried to look to see how old this guy was because the, the gospel records that he'd been paralyzed for 38 years. And so I couldn't find how old he was. Some people say since he was born, some people refute that. But the story is he's unable to walk. And he gets dropped off at this pool every single day, right? And he's unable to walk. Jesus walks by him. After 38 years, this guy has been paralyzed. Jesus walks by him and he says this. He says, pick up your mat and walk. You guys, think about like, for those of you that have kids or those of you that have seen a baby on planet Earth, like as they start to walk, it's not perfect, right? It's kind of like that, that process, you know, where it's super awkward. I wonder if it was like that because he's been paralyzed for 38 years and he might not even know what it feels like to put weight on his heel and then his toes. Jesus just says, pick up your mat and walk. Scripture records, he picked up his mat, he walked. It's amazing the difference one day with Christ can make. Some of you, I really want you to hear this. You're, you're in a weary world right now. And I want to tell you, if you hear nothing else, there is a thrill of hope that will make your weary world rejoice. There is a new and glorious morning coming, I promise you. You might look at your marriage and think, it could never be what it should. I'm telling you, it's amazing the difference one day with Christ can make. Some of you, you're sick, you're not feeling well. Some of you know somebody that's sick and not feeling well. And I'm telling you that we serve a God who is able to heal. Now, whether he heals or he doesn't the, the way we think he should, it's amazing the difference one day with Christ can make. And some of you right now, I, I talked about this earlier, but some of you, you're, you're in the night. That's just the only way to put it. You're in the night and it's really dark. And suddenly, in, in the middle of your night, in the, in, in the middle of this weary world, you're reminded that because Jesus was born, you have hope. Because a one day with Christ, it brings you exactly what you need. It brings you the hope to keep on going. It gives you the, the help that you're seeking. I want to show you a verse that might become one of your new favorites. This is a really good one to memorize for the new year. Romans 13, chapter 11. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. Somebody say amen. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The night is nearly over and the day is almost here. The darkness is nearly over because the sun's going to rise again. The darkness is nearly over because the Son of God will rise again. I want to take a few minutes as we close, and I, 
I want to, I want to pray for you. Um, let's, just, let's just close our eyes for a second. Father, this morning I pray that, that in your presence that your spirit would minister to your people. And every time, God, that we sing this song, that we would be reminded that a new day with Christ can bring more than we could ever imagine. God, I just pray this morning that your spirit would speak to us only the way that you can. And you guys, as you're praying today, nobody's, nobody's looking around. Some of you right now, you might just honestly say you're in, you're in a dark season. It could be relationships. It could be a struggle with somebody you love. Um, we know a lot of people around Christmas time, this is the best time of year, but for a lot of us, it's really difficult. Some of you might be freaking out financially because you're buying and you're spending money you don't have and it's just wearing on you. Some of you might be dealing with sickness and, and you just need a touch from God. If you, could you just, if, if you're in one of those spots or in a spot that I didn't say, and I just ask you to slip up your hand. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's seeing because I, I want to pray for you specifically. God, as, as, we, as we have our hands up, Father, I acknowledge that I don't, I don't know the details, but I thank you that you know exactly what each person's going through. And I pray, God, that, that we would find the joy that comes in the morning. God, I, I pray that even at this moment, spiritually, this could be a new day for somebody. You are here. You are with us. You are our hope. You're our redeemer. God, we look to you. And I pray, God, that even right now, your spirit would minister to your people. God, you would give them exactly what they need. God, I pray that you would give them the hope, the thrill of hope to keep going this morning. God, we ask that you would, you would be present with us. God, we, we believe that there is a new and glorious morning. Father, we thank you for that. And I just thank you in advance. God, I'm, I'm full of faith for our people. I thank you in advance for all the ways you're going to strengthen us. God, you said you lift up our heads. And God, I pray that we would see your goodness in the land of the living, Father. And God, that we would worship you for it. Amen. Amen.